One of the main ingredients in our product line, Saffron, has been proven over and over again in clinical double-blind placebo trials to be an effective form of treatment for depression, anxiety, and ADHD. Saffron has been used by many cultures for thousands of years for these purposes, and now the research is here to finally back it up, proving that plant medicines and ancient healing practices can actually be an effective alternative to pharmaceuticals. From caffeine-free latte powders to saffron baths and capsules, there's something for any modern woman looking for ancient healing. Again, that's code the fullest podcast at checkout for 15% off. I hope you enjoy your new daily saffron ritual. Hi everyone, welcome to the Fullest Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Bostwick, and today's guest is Scott Annan, the CEO and co-founder of MyCubeSafe. Hi, Scott. Hey, Nikki. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for joining us today. I'm really excited about this conversation and just learning more about the origin story of MyCubeSafe. And before we get started, I kind of wanted to share, I grew up in the very trustworthy household where I didn't even have a key to my house my entire life, like until after I moved to college. And I just never thought about, you know, security in that way, even though I I mean, I come from immigrants from Iran, where they left because of the war and whatnot. But for some reason, they never really instilled that in me. And as I've grown up, and I have my own family now, like that's something that's I, there have been situations in my life where I found that I need to, you know, really pay attention to this area of my life. So when I came across you and my cube safe, and I also just like learning about your background, which I'm excited to share with our audience here, I just was so excited to finally find something that inspired me to take the next step. Like I have a safe at home. But it's not something that I manage and my husband had managed before. But until I got in my cube safe, I really wasn't actively participating in it. It was more like a traditional thing that like my husband dealt with. And I feel like just the introduction of my cube safe in our household has really made a huge difference. And I'm I just can't wait to share about everything that you've been working on, like with our listeners, because for me, I I had a situation where someone um, that I trusted stole a very important sentimental piece of jewelry from me. And the reason why they were able to steal it was because I didn't like dealing with the safe that I had at the time in the house. Right. And it was inconvenient. So I never put it in the safe. And then it ended up getting stolen. I'll never get it back. Like it's something that I think about often and you know, yes, it was her fault, but I was partially also like, I'm to blame my, you know, I could have been better. Right. So I, mm. I'm just really looking forward to this because what you've created is it's more, it's more than just like the object, right. It's right. so much behind it. So tell us with all that, you know, tell us about the origin of my cube safe and how you got into this business. Cause I know it's part of your family history as well. Yeah, well, thank you for that the great introduction and just hearing more about how MyCube has integrated into your life recently. Uh, the, the real background of the company is that my grandfather built up a safe business back in the 1940s and 50s that's still in our family today in New York City. So when I was a kid, I would you know visit my grandparents and I would go into the office in New York 
and he had a warehouse in the Bronx. And I would see him interact with his colleagues, with his customers. And it was just a, a really cool thing to, you know, my grandfather was someone I looked up to so much. I was incredibly proud of him. He was sort of a hero in some ways to me. And so I think that instilled in me, not just kind of an essence of, of business life, but also insecurity. It was something that people always needed and they always felt, you know, good dealing with him. So that was kind of the, the origin of it is having that background and heritage in my family. The second piece is when I was in college, I went to, to Colgate University in, in upstate New York. And, you know, as college kids do, you know, things go missing, people misplace things. And I always just felt like, why shouldn't college kids have a, you know, small safe to put in their dorm, but something that was more personal and something that maybe looked cool, right? Came in a few different colors. And so I had this idea of making a safe, just sort of a single product that looked cool where you could basically charge up electronic devices. That was the other thing is, you know, you go to school and you have to spend, you know, two, $3,000 on an expensive laptop. And so I felt like, well, why not have something that also gave the ability to charge up electronic devices on the inside? And so that was really like the, the genesis of, of, of the product idea. I went uh, after college, graduated and went into finance for a few years, learned a lot of other things about business, and then had an opportunity to basically start my own business, kind of continuing the family tradition, but also doing it on my own. My mother is actually my, my co-founder. So that's kind of a, a cool story there. But we really started with that first product idea that I had, which was the cool looking dorm safe that, you know, was, was accessible in the sense of its size being accessible, accessible from a price perspective, came in really cool colors. Like the first products that we had were all like bright colors, like orange and pink and blue and, uh, and silver and, uh, with the ability to charge up electronic devices. So that's what we started with about 11 years ago. And, you know, we've been, we've been iterating on the product and the business ever since. It's so smart. I love the story too, because it shares the importance of grandparents in your life and how, you know, just your upbringing really does make an impact as an entrepreneur about what you feel you want to share with the world and what need you want to solve. But tell us about like your mother being your co-founder. How's that dynamic? You know, did you just like go straight to her? Obviously you've had this idea while you were in college. So, and you, like you mentioned, you worked later on in finance and other companies. So tell us about like going with her, starting the company from like 2011 to now. Sure. So I, I do come from, you know, a family, I think that's, that's entrepreneurial. Like my, my grandfather had his business. My mom was in real estate and uh, I grew up outside of Boston and she basically moved from New York to Boston, to the Boston area and built a, a career in real estate. And so she was always very energetic and energized about business. She loved business. She loved working with customers and she was always in people's homes, right? So there's this element of like dealing with, with the home. And then she also worked with her father, my, my grandfather in the business as a consultant, you know, over time and her brother who now runs uh, my uncle who runs the business today. But, uh, I just think, you know, when it came down to it, my mom had had a lot of experience uh, in business itself, and then certainly in the safe business and certainly dealing with people in their home. And I think when it comes to starting a business, one of the most important things is, is finding someone you can trust. And I'm, I'm lucky in that my mom and I have a very close, you know, trusting relationship where, you know, we really can share anything with each other. We've been through a tremendous amount together. When you're, you know, in the thick of things and 
things are really tough and you're going through, you know, difficult situations, you really want someone to be able to talk through situations and kind of at all hours of the day. And so I think in some ways, when I first started out, particularly when, when, you know, the first few years when things weren't as busy as they are today, and it was a smaller team, it, it, it was tough, right? I mean, there are times where, you know, it's still, it's still apparent, but I think now it's actually been a real gift, you know, just to, just to be able to have number one, someone that I can trust so much, but also too, I think being able to see uh, someone that you're so close to uh, a mother, son, or it could be brothers, it could be a father, son, a father, daughter, where you really get to see them in a new kind of environment, you know, and, and really see them um, operate in a different type of, of environment than just sort of a, a family dynamic. So it's been, it's been very enriching. It, it's definitely been challenging at times, but at the end of the day, I really don't think I could have a, a, a better partner in this business than my mom for all those reasons. And particularly because uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's something that's a really intimate in the sense of you, you are, you know, you're being trusted to protect uh, valuable belongings that have a high monetary value and high sentimental value. And I think there is an element of like, our dynamic of mother and son, where that actually allows our customers to trust us even more because we have that, you know, that backbone of family as one of the core foundations of the business. It's so interesting that you pointed out that she also has that experience of working in the home with, with being a real estate agent. I love that, like that background, that history and how it kind of all comes together. It makes so much sense. It could, because it is like, I recently had my house on the market and it is such, you know, you're, you're vulnerable when you have your house, even when you have your house on the market too, but just having people in your space is something that energetically everyone brings something through and you don't know who's coming into your space for all the open houses and whatnot. So yeah, it's a very intimate thing. Yeah. There's, there's an element of kind of a personalness to it where, you know, the fact that, that she was in real estate and helping people find, you know, comfort and security in a new home, right. Which is an incredibly personal, personal experience. And so what I, what I love about that is, is that she helped, you know, so many clients over the years, she really understands the psychology of a homeowner or a renter for that matter, but in her case, a a homeowner, you know, someone who's moving in uh, with, with children that has a big family, might have a growing family, has valuable items and really wants to create that sense of comfort and security in the home. And I think a safe and a MyCube safe uh, is really becoming a a part of that experience. So I think she's in a a particularly unique position to be able to, you know, lend her uh, experience to really provide a lot of comfort and security in in what we do. So where is the best place to put a safe? Obviously you guys have various safes, I have one and I'm just going to tell the whole world. I have one in my bedroom and one in our garage um, because it's like larger. So where are, are those the typical places that people put their safes in? Are there areas you don't want to because they are typical places that people go look? Tell us a little bit about that. Like your kind of tips and tricks for someone who is buying a MyCube safe and just how to be, you know, really smart about it. Sure. It's, it's a great question. It's also an important one. And it's actually, I think a lot more 
it's a lot more important than we might give it credit for. Like in some ways, it's kind of a mundane question, but in, in other ways, when you think about it, it's actually really personal. And so you used a word in describing your experience with safekeeping. I think you used the word, you know, being more active or being more proactive. And I think we we think about things at MyCube as what I would call a passive approach to safekeeping, which is sort of the the older tradition of safekeeping, which is you have one large heavy safe in your basement, right? And it's like, it's like the family safe. It has a combination dial on it. You know, you turn it three times to the right, two times to the left. It's very difficult to use. It takes a while to get into, and it becomes ultimately kind of a pain. And, and then you end up not using it, right? And so what MyCube is is doing is really taking a much more active approach to safekeeping, which basically means to say, put safes in the places where you're going to spend the most time in your home. There is, I guarantee you, no matter what room you're in, whether it's the kitchen, the bathroom, the garage, the basement, the master bedroom, a guest bedroom, there's something of value or something that could be harmful that should be locked up. And so to answer your question, in some ways you want to put safes in some ways in as many places as possible. And that's not just a sales tactic. That's to say in your kitchen, Think about the number of times you come home, you put your cash, you put your keys on the counter, you put a watch, you put some jewelry. Well, what happens if if one of your kids comes by or uh, someone who has access to your home? You want those items to be locked up. So maybe you have a drawer safe in your kitchen. Let's say you're in your home office, you have paperwork, you have some loose cash, you know, you, you might have some hard drives, you know, get a drawer safe for your office. It hides in a drawer, it's concealed. I think it's it's really great to have a safe in your master primary be- bedroom closet because then it's a place where, you know, you're getting ready in the morning, you're coming home at night. It's quick access. The reality of the world today is that in especially in this country, people have things like handguns that need to be, you know, locked up and people want to have quick access to. There's jewelry, there's documents, there's cash, all the all the items that that you can imagine. And then, you know, there's other things such as medications, right? And people have medications in a vanity cabinet in the bathroom. Those really should be locked up. Kids are around, they can ingest them, they can get really sick from them. Things like edibles. I read an article a couple of weeks ago about the the rise in the cases of young people ingesting edibles because they thought that they were gummy bears or something, right? Like young kids. Um, <laughs> and so you know, there's so many more sort of dangers and there's so many, so many more items of value that, that I think can be misplaced or can be, can be stolen. So I think, you know, you still want to be practical and smart about it. Even though our safes are beautiful and stylish, we also say, Hey, you can go in your closet and then put a concealment door uh, in front of the safe so that it's not out in the open. We have drawer safes so they can go in, pull out drawers. All of the safes always get bolted down, right? But it really, it really does become kind of a, a personal decision. And we try to make all of our safes very beautiful so that when you do access them, they make you feel good about you know who you who you are and what your design sensibility is and what you're storing. So those are those are some of the the, the variables that go into you know where to place a safe and how to think about it. Hey everyone, interrupting this episode to share the importance of adopting rituals of active safekeeping. By taking an active approach, you're developing a higher sense of security for yourself and keeping your family safe from unanticipated danger in the home. 
MyCube is a designer safe company that offers a range of modern security solutions that promote a lifestyle of active safekeeping, where keeping your family and your valuables secure isn't an afterthought, but rather a central part to daily life. Gone are the days of putting one heavy turned out safe in your basement only to use it a couple times a year. MyCube safes feature a variety of fireproof, biometric, and touchscreen keypad technologies designed for every room of the home. There are safes for the primary bedroom closet for jewelry and documents, bathroom safes to store medications, kitchen safes for keys and loose cash, garage and basement safes for firearms and artwork. Definitely check them out and for 10% off and free shipping, use code FULLEST10 at checkout. Taking a moment to talk about water because the water you drink is so important. There's so many filters and different types of water on the market today, but I wanted to share with you my personal favorite, Alive Water. Alive Water offers the only solution for unprocessed spring water delivery in beautiful, reusable glass vessels. In addition to having great taste in all the essential minerals and electrolytes we need to thrive, their water also has probiotics that are unique to raw spring water. Their support team is super friendly and they make coordinating deliveries convenient with texts to confirm your next delivery. Listeners can get 30% off their first Alive Water order using code THEFULLEST at checkout. It makes so much sense. I mean, yeah, the main point basically is you want to have access to it in those areas that you might frequent and then you want it to be easy to access as well. And that's what exactly you've done. It's like what good is having a handgun if you're, you know, trying to keep your, you want one in your house for an emergency, especially, you know, I have, I have friends that live in the middle of nowhere and their husbands are gone. Like they need to do something to stay safe. So all of these things, whether it's a handgun or like you said, a prescription or jewelry, you need to, you want easy access, but safe as well. So I, I think what you've created is genius. And I can't believe that it just, I mean, obviously with technology, the the world of safes has shifted from when your grandfather owned a company to now but it's it's someone with your background that's going to think of those things that that's going to implement like the latest technology with something that people have been using for you know ever right so i think it's a really cool story but i know that um just speaking about you know when it comes to pharmaceuticals and stuff and safes I know that you have a film, right, called Junction, and it talks about the opioid epidemic. And so I'm curious, like, what inspired you to be part of that? And I think along with that, I know you value personal healing and meditation, Mm -hmm. spirituality and mental health. And I think obviously that probably has a role in, you know, choosing to have a film that explores the opioid epidemic. Can you share a little bit about that with us? Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's funny how sometimes, you know, you find things and other times things find you, but how a lot of the experiences that I have and and the projects that I work on are are, are very similar and overlap. But basically, I was in Los Angeles a couple of years ago. I ran into a a friend who I I sort of knew, he's in the he's in the business and uh, we'd seen each other in in New York a couple of times, but uh, didn't really know each other that well and I just went up and said, said hi to him. And long story short, he basically 
had this script for a, a film that he wrote where it basically talked about the very real scenario of someone having a surgery, you know, like a shoulder surgery or something, and, and ultimately getting hooked on, on opioids. And it was a story that resonated with me just because I think one, it was very well written, but number two, I think it's just a story that's like so prominent in today's, in today's world. Certainly, as you said, we deal with, you know, protecting medications. We make safes in particular for things like medications and, and handguns that, that should be, that should be locked up. But I just think it was a story that just really needs to be told. And it goes, you know, just to speak to in a way, how vulnerable we are as, as a society, vulnerable because of, of, all, of all the pressure that we're under, vulnerable because we don't potentially have the resources that we need to live our best lives uh, at all times. And so this, this journey of personal healing it was, you know, is really an, an important one to me. Fortunately, I've never you know, been one to really like need to rely on, on opioids, opioids or anything like that. And haven't really had any surgeries, but, um, I think, you know, I've struggled with, with things, particularly as an entrepreneur, it gets, it gets really intense. And so at the end of the day, we have to take, take responsibility for our own, you know, happiness and, and healing. And I've certainly, you know, done some things to, uh, to move that forward, which I'd be happy to chat, chat about. Yeah. Tell us, you know, we have a lot of listeners that are aspiring to be entrepreneurs or are entrepreneurs. And I think that the entrepreneurial story can get really lonely, which is really great to hear that you have your mother as a co-founder, but I'd love to learn about, you know, what you do outside of work to just, you know, be able to, take handle and take care of yourself and handle work in a more effective and efficient way. Yeah. I think, you know, kind of starting at the beginning, um, I think my, my personal healing journey to be, to be transparent and, and a bit vulnerable here is like, I went through a very difficult divorce, not me personally, but having my parents be divorced when, when I was two years old and it was, re- and it was really hard and it was really challenging. And it kind of set the stage for a lot of things in my life, uh, whether I liked it or not. Um, it was out of my control. And so at a very early age, I just had this, I was very aware of the desire to sort of ease pain, right? Like ease my pain emotionally and then help others. I think I was always incredibly compassionate for other for other people. And so this may, this may sound, this may sound kind of cliche or corny or whatever, but like, I literally came across these Tony Robbins tapes when I was, when I was young. And for people that don't know who Tony Robbins is, um, despite what his reputation may, may or may not be, he was an incredibly positive influence in my life early on, just listening to these motivational talks about basically like how you turn any event in your life into having a positive meaning. And from that, I, I really started to learn and it took me, it took me a while, but that we, we really are in control of the meaning that we can assign to the events in our lives. And so that really painful experience that I had as a child became something that over time has, has empowered me. It doesn't, doesn't mean that it's not still there, but it has empowered me more and I've found the positivity in it. And I think that one of the things that I've learned is like, if you're going to blame someone for you know, the bad things, you really need to blame them for all the good things too. So I have a complicated relationship with my father, but he's also given me a lot of gifts and tools and things that, that have allowed me and sensibilities that allow me to, to say, like, build my cube and, and integrate that into my life. So at some point it becomes our own 
responsibility to find those nuances and make it work for us. And then I think, you know, there, there comes a point in time at which, you know, you can do the yoga and the meditate. I like, I love doing yoga and I love doing meditation. And there's an element of like making sure your mind is right, making sure your body is right, you know, exercising to get certain results. And so if you're an achiever like me, you know, then it really becomes about the enjoyment of life too. You, you, you can't, you know, you don't want the success without the fulfillment. And so luckily I've been able to have some really, really wonderful and beautiful relationships with very close friends who have, who have opened my eyes to certain things. And I think it's, it's really just about being a student of life and, you know, seeing the good in situations and surrounding yourself with people that have experiences that can really help you and, and teach you things. The last thing I'll share, I have a very dear friend that lives in Hawaii and during the pandemic, he, he said, Hey, Scott, would you ever think about coming, coming to live in, in Hawaii for a few months? You know, I'm a little isolated. I'm here obviously with my family, but a lot of my friends aren't here. Would you ever want to come? And I think a, a couple other friends are going to come. And so one thing led to another and I went and it was some of the best time in my entire life, just sort of being off the grid for a little bit, still working obviously, but it just really opened up my eyes towards a more healing, slower pace, being in nature and, and giving me a new perspective that I think has really allowed, you know, benefited my, my mindset, but also, you know, coming back to, to my cube, it's, it's, um, allowed me I think to have a, a new healthier perspective and relationship with my business too, which, which benefits everyone it benefits my colleagues. It benefits my partners. It, it benefits our customers. So I think, I think it's a, it's a really important important process. It's, it's personal, but it's all up to us to figure out, you know, what the right process is. That was all so beautifully said. And I appreciate you sharing about your parents' divorce and how difficult that was. That actually really resonates with me because that is something that has been really difficult for me or was difficult for me growing up and, and even into my adult years because my parents had a very intense divorce that took like 30 years basically to to get over on their end. It was like 15 years of legal battles. So I totally resonate with that. But I also, same as you, really, I agree. I think that you take these difficult moments in your life and you can choose to, you know, let it define you or you, you choose to learn from it. And for me as well, like any difficult moment that I've had in my life I or difficult relationship really, I always learn in Iran, they say this, there's like a saying, it's like, you can learn how not to be from someone, just how you can learn how you'd like to be from another person. Right. So I kind of like to open that into account, but when it comes to Tony Robbins, I'm so curious when you found Tony Robbins, um, how old were you? I think I was, so it's funny, actually, I think it was, I think my mom had gone to like some event, it was like a school event or something. And one of the items that you could, that you could buy was like this set of, of, of tapes. I don't know if it was an auction or something like that. So I was probably 10. Wow. That's so I don't know why she bought them for me. I think, (laughs) you know, I I don't think necessarily I was like visibly struggling with something. I mean, I was always remember just being super busy with sports and school and everything, but I just think my mom is a, is a really, you know, she's a real special person. She's a, she's motivated. She's a go-getter. And and um, I think she's pretty intuitive. So she probably just was like, hey, I think Scott would like these. And yeah, but I was probably around, around 10 or 11. That's so cool. Well, I haven't really gone to any of his conferences, but I've seen some of his work. And 
actually there was this one thing that he shares a lot that I've had the experience of like doing with other workshops and stuff. And I think they take this from Tony, but basically Mm. like you can like fill out this wheel of life. You on a scale of like one to 10, you rate different areas of your life. And that's really ultimately how satisfied and fulfilled you are because like you said, it's not all just about career, right? It's about the relationships, the meaningful relationships, the personal healing and all that. And that actually was the inspiration for me to start the fullest because it resonated with me. And I took the time to really rate, you know, the different areas of my life so that I can have something to go off of where, and, you know, annually or quarterly, um, something to do where I can really pay attention to, okay, I'm spending so much time in this area, but this is where I actually feel I'm lacking. Let me pay more attention here. And to just have that practice of taking inventory. And I, it's actually why I called the fullest, the fullest, because I, mm. I really want people to have, you know, the fullest expression of their life. And I think ultimately that is what wellness is about. Mm-hmm. And that really also goes back to like when we had our conversation of, Hey, how do you think like a safe company, why, why do you want to have me on your podcast? You know, whatever. And it's like, it has so much to do with our life and wellness because, and we talked about this a little bit before when we were on the phone, it's like when you feel secure, like when you're taking that active approach to your sense of security, then you can really feel a lot better because you have this clarity. You are at ease because you feel supported. Right. And I think that's really what your company is about and what it represents and what it can represent to this whole new generation that's coming up that has access to technology that whether it's your technology or like you said, sentimental things or a piece of jewelry, whatever it is, like you want it, you want to keep safe and you want to have something that you like to access to do that. Right. But you said to me once that it's not necessarily about the safe, right. It's about so much more than that. And I, um, I'd love for you to, Right. Yeah. And I, th- I think, I think today's, today's generations, you know, the younger generations, um, I'll, I'll throw myself in that category, <laughs> but, uh, I think the younger generations, they are, they are so attuned to this concept of, of health and wellness. Right. And we're starting to learn how to have more holistic and integrated work life situations, dynamics where, we can work from home now and we're hopefully, you know, we're, we're doing more, more yoga and more med- Like a lot of my friends are doing more yoga and doing more meditation and really being mindful about how to, how to build a, a happy and healthy life. I think without stretching too far, there is this element where, where security is such a big part of that. I think that one of the, the biggest things in life that people want to feel is a sense of security. And how many of us, you know, even, even now that we're focused more on health and wellness and doing the right things for, for our physical bodies and our mental states, how many of us have so many more anxieties, right? Because of the pressure to compete or the pressure to be successful, or because we're seeing all of our friends on social media doing all these things. In some ways it's metaphorical or theoretical. In other ways, it's very real in that we really do want to feel secure. And we all know what that feels like, right? We all know what it feels like to be, let's say, like on the couch with a blanket wrapped up watching our favorite movie at home, just like on a Saturday afternoon. And we just feel like so, like this is like the best place we could ever be, right? We want to we 
be able to to capture that moment and carry it with us throughout our days. And I think my cube is playing its part in that process by helping people think about safekeeping in a more active way, just as you said, locking up the things that, that matter most, um, locking up the things that could be harmful to ourselves or to our family, and putting safekeeping more at, at, at the forefront of, of what we do. It's, it's not an afterthought. It's not the thing that we just keep down in the basement and we access once a month. It's actively securing the things that matter most to us, that have the value, and that can also you know, keep our family safe. I love that so much. Thank you, Scott, for joining us. It was such a beautiful conversation and I can't wait to continue to collaborate together. Likewise, it was really great, Nikki. Thanks so much for having me and uh, I look forward to that as well.